In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I talk creating health, wealth and happiness with 64-year-old serial entrepreneur, mentor and dad, E.A. Solkovitz. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Superdad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Superdad. Hey dads, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Team Super Dad podcast. It's great to have you back here. If it's your first time, well, thanks for finding us. I don't know how, I'd, I'd love to know actually. Probably search, probably, well, in fact, a referral. That would be lovely to know. It'd be lovely to know that people are referring and recommending the podcast. And for our regular listeners, it's a real pleasure to have you back here with us. This is the midweek episode of the Team Super Dad podcast where we speak to someone, a specialist, an expert, uh, someone who's been successful, has life experiences in an area of the F5. That is focus, fitness, finance, family and fun. These are the five elements that run right through the Team Superdad community, through our Hero Academy program. In fact, everything we do is all about those five elements to create in the life that you desire so you can be the man you want and the dad your family needs. And well, EA he is no exception to this. The guy is an absolute, <laughs> well, he's a beast, really. He's done so many things. He was a millionaire at the age of 23. First year of personal income exceeding a million was in 1989. He owns a thousand acre wildlife sanctuary. He's a commercial pilot, a black belt, a second degree black belt. Is uh, advanced paddy certified scuba diver. It's like the guy is just a machine right he's an author uh he's, he's some of his companies a couple of them in, in his bio he he had a team of over thirty three thousand members of staff um and so you know he talks about health wealth and happiness which if you are a regular listener to the podcast you will have seen that that is uh it's on our show notes it's on our on our um podcast artwork as our kind of tagline and so it was great to meet him and connect with him and have him on the Team Superdad podcast. Now, uh, he's got a free questionnaire that you can go and fill in and kind of get education, get lessons back from him and the and the Givers University team, all about the difference between givers and takers, which <laughs> makes you snigger a little bit. It's like Beavis and Butthead. If we're going to talk about givers and takers, uh, you wouldn't be your average bloke if that didn't make you laugh. But no, we're talking about the art of giving generously and uh, or, or taking negatively um, in your everyday life. And so, you know, when, when I first set this up, I thought we were going to talk loads of tricks and strategies on 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 business and stuff. But actually, when it all boiled down to it, what EA shared is that many of the businesses he started and been involved with, he didn't have a great deal of knowledge about before he got started in them. But it's about who he's being, about the team that he creates, the people he puts around him um, that has really been part of that success. And uh, and he's a dad. He's a happily married man of, of something like 40 odd years. So we can all learn a lot from that. If 
if this is of interest to you, and I hope it is, then please share it. Please subscribe to the podcast or to the any of the channels, the Team Superdad channels. The best way to get involved with those is if you go to teamsuperdad.com forward slash network, you can get the invite to our free group and through all the information that comes out through our different channels to the different members. If you're a dad looking for dad coaching, then that's available at the website. You can chat to me about that, whether it's about breakups, whether it's about parenting, whether it's about you just really feeling happier in your life and taking control of the areas that are important to you, then we do that. I do that one-on-one or we do that in the Hero Academy. It really is great to have you listening. I know you're going to love this episode and I'll see you on the other side. EA, good to see you, sir. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Johnny. Thank you for having me on your spectacular podcast. Really, thank you. Ah, well, appreciate you saying that. We'll, uh, I'll ask you again at the end. <laughs> okay, I'll say it too. I'll say it. <laughs> That's always the test. But listen, we are uh, here at Team Superdad. We we uh, we focus on something I call the F five, which is focus, fitness, finance, family, and fun. And when we got introduced, it was instantly apparent to me uh, the the uh, success you've had in all of those areas and uh, and, and then seeing the, the bio which you sent over uh, I also saw some of the failures that you've, you've had in those areas and that's such a powerful uh, thing to share today with the team Superdad community is um, it's just as, as not just inspiration but also education um, as a, a man with your level of experience uh, can, can, can bring to, to the table uh, tell us just on a practical level, are, are you a dad? Where are you at? Uh, how's life right now for you? Yes, um, I'm 65 years old. I uh, first 30 years was in the Chicago land area, uh, the greater area of Oak Brook. Uh, for those that might be familiar with the, the greater Chicago land area, uh, and then moved to Michigan 35 years ago, which is where I'm at now, and uh, have three children that have grown up and are on their own, uh, and been married 40 plus years. 40 years. Well done, sir. Happy. I've already prepped this question, so I'm okay to ask it. But they were happy. They are still our happy years, correct? Well, and and there's the difference, you know, and and we were talking before the show. You know, I set out in life that I wanted to be rich and happy. And I didn't realize I had it backwards. Yeah. First, I need to be. I need to be happy, you know. And we're trained early on in life that, you know, we, we get an education, we meet someone, we get married, and then we live happily ever after. It's backwards. We're supposed to be happy first and learn how to be happy and live happy first, and then all those things will get added to us as a result of that. And I had to learn through my defeats that. Even though I still maintain my marriage and, you know, and am doing great and happily married, I can share with you that, you know, there was many challenges along the way in my personal life and, and my defeats in my personal life um, that caused me to reach that uh, epiphany and understanding that, you know, I, I, I need to be happy. And how do I be happy? And then that caused us to start to teach people something that just is not taught anywhere today. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, uh, there's uh, a whole subject that I've heard at, at different courses and programs I've, I've been involved with, but, but they talk about we get taught and encouraged to, when we have something, 
we can do something, which means we can be something. But exactly what you're saying is we can be happy, whatever our circumstances are, then we can do things and then we can have something. Um, or another way I've heard it said is, you know, to be a millionaire, oh, sorry, to have a million, million of anything, you've got to start being it, thinking it, doing things before you can actually uh, achieve it. But there's no point waiting till you've got a million before you start being, a, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter a billion, uh, sorry, a million acre farmer. You can't be a million acre farmer uh, without starting with one acre. <laughs> That's for sure. And what you say is right on the money. My business mentor shared with me. He said, uh, you know, because I told him I wanted to be a millionaire, right? And, uh, and earn a million dollars in a year. And he taught me how to do just that. And I can share with you, his words were profoundly accurate. He said, let me tell you, you will find out that earning a million dollars will be one of the easiest things you've ever done. He said, the most difficult will be believing you're worth it. And I wow. found that to be 100% accurate. Well, I know that from, from, from sales, you know, making sales mm-hmm. calls, enrolling people uh, into something rather than some selling you something. I'm, I'm enrolling you into a vision I've got for your life mm-hmm. with, with our yes, products. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Without believing that, there's no, the conversation is dead in the water before it even starts. So true. So true. And I found that to be a exact, it was exactly the way he said it. And, you know, in retrospect, you know, cause cliches are cliches because they're usually true, not always, but usually, and certainly hindsight is perfect vision in many ways. And, uh, uh, and, and, and because of the defeats in my life, I was able to learn while being mentored uh, that there's a critical part today that is not being taught and it represents two thirds of our happiness and, and, and a big part of our life. And it simply is not being taught. I'm a self-improvement gig, uh, Johnny, and I'm sure you are too. You know, I like to improve myself an hour a day and, you know, I mean, and, 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 and every, and the courses out there today talk about self-improvement, and how important it is. It is important. However, no one's teaching us about the other guy. What about if he's not doing it right? What do we do then? And so we have sort of a tagline we use. It's called givers earn more because givers discern more. And and, and I can share the following reference with your listeners. I'm going to ask them to, to think about this for a minute. Think about the fires in your life that you're stomping out. Think about the increased stress points in your life that interfere with your happiness quotient. And I bet you dollars of donuts, there's a name attached to each one. And what happens is that no one's discerning the following today, Johnny, which I can share with you. I found to be critical. It was the reason I had these three major defeats was because I, I hadn't learned this, how to discern. So when, first of all, I want to say upfront, we love everybody. We love everybody as a foundation going forward in our conversation. We love everybody. So when we reference and, and, and what we teach people is how to discern the difference between a person who we love and their deeds, which we may not love. So we teach them how to separate those. So when I reference givers, I'm not referencing a person. I'm referencing the deeds. I'm labeling not the person, but the deeds of the person. When I reference taker, I'm referencing the deeds of that person, 
not the person themselves. So I don't want people to think, you know, we're, we're labeling people because we're not. We love everybody. But we teach people how to discern. What are those things, Johnny? What are those things that when we see these specific kinds of deeds, not nebulous, innocuous deeds and just these broad swaths people talk about, but specific things. What are the things I should look for? And when I see these deeds, I may want to pull this person closer into my life as a part of my giver's community I have around me. And if I see certain other deeds, specific deeds, when I see those, maybe I should consider respectfully distancing myself from those deeds before I become what we call unwilling collateral damage. And what happens is that these same things, Johnny, in our business life carry over in our family life because of the stress, because of the, the, the fires we're stomping out. The man comes home, asks the wife, how was your day? And he goes, man, I just had the worst day ever. Because all day long he was stomping out fires. Why? No one taught him up front. What should he be discerning? Because there are ways where he doesn't have to be in that fire and stomping it out. But no one's teaching us how to discern got that so and by deeds we're talking about things that people do and it's, it's exactly things, yeah, yeah so um just to kind of give some context to this 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 is um where you're at now and it's part of the the, the teaching that you do at the givers university mm-hmm. is is these are like this is i mean we're talking about your your career and your learning going back to um in in chicago uh a millionaire by was it a millionaire by 23 21 something something like that um you oh here we go yeah uh, you, you had a, a mentor uh, sam robbins we'll talk about mentorships a, a, a bit later on but so i just far. want to understand that this 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 where you what you're teaching us here today has been formulated on the basis of some sort of 48 years worth of 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 work and success um uh, how you founded and ran organizations with you know tens of thousands of members of staff um you've uh, formulated a, a, a health and a nutrition business uh which has successfully run for over 45 years um chairman of a house of holland jewelers at 21 uh, uh hosted a talk radio show i heard across the usa for five nights a week um, you know, just it goes on and on. You know, the, the the many thousands of people you've you've had work for you, the countless number of of mentors, business advisors, peers that, that you've worked for at a very high level. And so, when you're saying we and and we formulated this thing called the you know the, you know Givers University and what and what what you know what it takes to be successful in life is about how much you give and how you relate to other people. This comes from an incredibly deep basis of, of, of knowledge and experience. It's, you're not just some dude that's come up with a, <laughs> a random coaching program here. Yeah, I, really, sure. I really want people to realize that. And that's one of Thank the you. reasons you. why I am so uh, pr- feel so privileged to have, have you on today. Because many dads will be having ideas about creating a business um, and they won't have, have found the guts quite yet to go and do it. Uh, many people may have started a business and it might not be going quite as well as they want it to, or even they've got married and it's not going quite as, as well as they want it, want it to. So, you know, a lot of what we're going to get stuck into here is, you know, and what you've already started is about the, 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 
the the inner dialogue and the outer actions that can that can lead to the kind of success that we all desire the health wealth and the and the happiness so you know what is a giver and what is a taker you know we just you just started to sort of praise that as a second ago well great question and uh we we discerned them the, the distinction, and we've proven statistically that 60, uh, 20% of the population are givers. They're wired as givers. Johnny, you put them in any situation, doesn't matter what it is, family, business, social, it, no matter what the situation is, in a short period of time, they will begin to figure out ways and they will begin giving to it, investing in it, helping it, and increasing it. They're givers. They're wired to do that. That's what they do. Conversely, on the other side of the Grand Canyon is what we call the takers. Remember, we're not labeling people. We're labeling the deeds of people. And 20% of the population are also takers. That means you put them in any situation. And within a short period of time, they will figure a way of taking from it spiritually, mentally, monetarily, financially, emotionally. And it's those, those parts that cause challenges and friction in life. In families, in business, in being a great father or not so great father. And what we do is we look at the symptoms and then we realize and we analyze what the cause is. As an example, if I had a cold right now, some of the symptoms would be maybe my eyes would be itchy. My nose might be running. Those are symptoms. Everyone knows those symptoms can be a sign of having a cold. The cold is the cause. So what we do is we look at the symptoms and we say, identify these symptoms that people are doing. And then from those, you can determine the causal of that person. And then from that, you be, you can discern, do I want them closer in my life? Or am I about ready to become unwilling collateral damage that will increase my stress level straight up? My productivity will go through the floor and I'm going to carry that over and bring it home to my family and everyone else. So we teach people how to discern these things so that they can increase their productivity and increase their happiness because now they're discerning up front and they're not in that situation when it happens. Yeah. And I guess that there's a, does a lot of unhelpful judgment fall into play when when we're reacting to those kind of people, is, is, do, we, do, we, do we make poor decisions in those situations? You, you used the perfect word, Johnny, the perfect word. See, that's why you have such a great podcast. <laughs> that's it. When you said the word reacting to those things, that's exactly right. Example, in the medical community, if someone's given a prescription or a drug or something, if they say they're reacting to the medication – that's negative, right? It's not working for them. Uh, if they're responding to the medication, it's working for them. It's helping them. So when you said the word reacting, you nailed it. You were like Robin Hood, you know, split the arrow with the arrow. And because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. When, when people respond to instances because they haven't learned how to observe, increase their awareness level and discern they are automatically put in these reactionary instances. And because of that, they lose it. And when we discern and we observe and we're in our awareness level, first of all, most people don't even have that. It's because it's not being taught. You know, our lives are so fast today, Johnny. Businesses coming and closing and opening faster than ever before. 
products coming and going and being antiquated faster than ever before. So what do we have left? Our relationships. And no one's teaching us how to discern who do you want to have close to you so that your happiness level and productivity and your family life and all those things go up. And who do you maybe want to consider begin to respectfully, not nasty or, you know, being rude or insensitive, but just maybe not being available. And how, what are the things, specific things you look for so that maybe, just maybe you may want to consider respectfully distancing yourself from them so you don't become that collateral damage and stomping out fires all day and not doing anything else. Yeah. And uh, just for, for people that want to get a, uh, an idea of this for their own life, like practically speaking, uh, rather than wait till the end of the podcast, I'd like to put this up, up front. You've got a, a questionnaire that people can go and get for f- like a, a personalized sort of results that people can go and get for free, correct? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's actually a seven question quiz. Uh, okay. Simple, fast, less than five minutes to do. And the name of the quiz is called, what is your givers and takers awareness IQ? And the, and the seven questions, I mean, they're simple, easy, fast. Uh, actually, a lot of people, I mean, sort of find a, a chuckle here and there in it. But what it does is it looks at a person's ability to observe and be aware and, dis, and the beginnings of discernment. And then there's an actual assessment. There's different assessments based on what the answers are to their seven questions. And they're multiple choice. They just click, click, click and select the answer that's sort of best for them. And then from that, they get an actual assessment. It's all free. We want them to do it because we're givers. That's what we do. And then also we give them some things that are really valuable user tools in the next few days after, Uh, you know, there's like, as an example, in my three major defeats and each one caused me to write a book. And and that's how they came about. And the first book we talk about was called the givers 25 do's. What are the things that givers do? The things they do, their deeds that we should be watching for. And what are those 25 things? And we give it right. We'll give it right to your listeners. They can, and it's a great checklist. And they look at it and say, wow, this is, (laughs) they, they immediately start saying, you know, I never thought about looking at that before. And I can use this right now as a part of my discernment with people I meet. One, one sec. Not yet. Then. Tell Jay go to. <laughs> okay. We'll come and bake a cake in a second. My daughter's where wants to bake a cake. So I said to, so and, I said to, yes, we can bake a cake. Uh, and, I, and what was your address again? No, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm over. I mean, what could the oh, cake? Sorry, I'm sorry, over, buddy. We were just talking about. <laughs> I uh, love cake. <laughs> we're, it's, a, it's a podcast called Team Super Dad, so I can. Uh, I Your can't dad. Even, I can't exactly tell my daughter to go away. Can I? Oh, so, of course, of course, that's great. Uh, uh, sorry, yeah. So the first, the first. So it's givers. It's giversuniversity.info. That's yeah, yeah. where they go. Givers. Giversuniversity. Givers it's plural. Uh, Givers university.info and when they go there they're actually on the first page they're on the first quiz they're on the first question already so it's that fast they go right through it and then uh we want to give them real nuggets as a benefit from your podcast johnny that that you know the applicable things not just this nebulous innocuous talk that sometimes they hear or in trainings and stuff you know what do i do now that i heard all this and as my business mentor says, you know, you learned all that, but you hope the window stays closed because the second the window stays open, the breeze comes through and blows it all away because there's nothing tangible there. So we yeah. want to give this is something you can use. It's a checklist. Look for these do's 
and it'll help guide you with that discernment. Yeah. So there's the, there's the link uh, for people there in the, in the uh, live. And if you're listening on the podcast, then the, uh, the link is in the show notes. It's absolutely totally free. I've just filled it in the other day. So I've just started to get my, uh, my, my info coming through. Um, and we love to share that, that sort of stuff at team super dad, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, flipping EA hasn't paid to be on here. You know, this is, this is, uh, literally a, a great guy who I'm really keen to have on the team super dad podcast to be a value to our listeners and, and viewers. Um, so, yeah, so what you just mentioned, they're leaving that dangling tantalizingly in front of us. For a man who's had as much success as you have. Um, also, you're from Chicago. Well, you're, you started your story in Chicago. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, uh, my, I call it my second city, my uh, second home because of how much family I've got there and how much, how much time I've spent there. Okay. Um, but my uncle Pat, he's got like a fabulous Baker Boys story. His family, he's from Ireland, so he's first generation Ireland, boat over to New York piece of paper which he took to some vicar of the church tell give this to uncle give this to father mike and he'll tell you what to do you know so gives it to father mike father mike sends him off somewhere else you know doesn't like it <laughs> okay take this piece of paper give it to father thomas and he'll you know and a couple of those trips and he ended up in chicago ah. um so and he i mean he's he's probably got he's, he's died now but uh, my family my uncle paddy Paddy O'Connor, he was a alderman in the 40th War, but you haven't lived in Chicago for, for 30 years. But you'd have been right around the, the same sort of age there. You, you might have played American football against some of my uncles and, and stuff when you, were, you, when you were a kid. So I love, I love your accent. It's, uh, it's reminding me of, of, of my family in Chicago. But, um, yeah, these, these, these failures, failures can oh, – I've, I've got so many questions, actually. I need to, need to get, get a hold of my, uh, my, my thoughts, really. So I'll come back to something you were about giversuniversity.info in a second. But these failures you alluded to um, moments ago, many people will f- not start a business because they're scared of failing. They'll have an idea that's in their mind. They've been thinking about it for years. They're unhappy doing their job. That unhappiness they're taking home, which is affecting their marriage. The, I've found... The, the festering idea that you're not acting on will hurt you far more than the possible failure that, that will come about not, not doing it. Um, and you've been as successful as you have, but you talk about these three seismic failures. Tell us about those and, and, and share some of the, the lessons that you've learned from those failings. And when you say seismic, uh, I almost feel like they're being diminished. <laughs> they were that big. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time, they felt like you know, whoa, and uh, and 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 really start just to digress uh, on that thought. Uh, you know, I was raised. My father was a milkman in Chicago. Uh, he had a distributorship for a dairy. It was called Twin Oaks, and it was his own little, you know, one one man operation. And and back in those days, Johnny, they had a box outside the house, and uh, milk came in glass containers, and and the people put the money in the in the box, and everyone knew there was money in the box. No one touched it they just knew that was for the milkman you know and the milk went in and the money came out and then he had he had his own little route his uh, own little distributorship right? so i knew you could have your own business but he was a milkman you know this is really you know this is small stuff and 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 so therefore i was brought up with that kind of mentality that was the environment i had the environment of a milkman's son right and then i really got up and i really started to succeed in life when i became a janitor 
<laughs> that, was my, that was my next step up. That was the big, I, I, I mean, I went for broke. I'm, I, I'm going to go for the next big rung up there in life. And I'm going from milkman son to janitor on the way up. That's right. But you know what? I didn't mind Johnny because business was always picking up. What? Anyway. So the, <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, so here I was as a, you know, son of a milkman. And, and then I became a janitor and worked for a janitorial service in Addison, Illinois, which you're probably familiar with, right? Uh, suburb of Chicago. Yeah. That's where the janitorial service was. And at 16 years old, I was able to be bonded. So you know, insured. And one of the homes we cleaned was of June Martino. And June Martino has the third, had, had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's. Um, and, uh, and it's if any of you, well, she's passed on now, but. No, no, I realize but, that. But how, yeah. that's, uh, uh, what, did she have old money? She just, or she bought in early or what? Happened? I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to share the story because oh, of how okay. I got it. And, uh, and, and so what happened with June was, you know, I was in there every week cleaning her house and, you know, she, she seemed really nice and comfortable. She didn't seem like she was some kind of alien or superhero or real uppity. Or she actually seemed really approachable, you know. But, you know, I thought, man, this is June Martinos. You know, she's Ray Kroc's personal secretary. In the movie, uh, The Founder with Michael Keaton, I love uh, you see him talk to his secretary, June. That's her. I mean, that's not really her. That's an actress. But that's June Martino. That's the okay. lady that I'm talking about that I cleaned her house. And so, and, and she saw me every week cause I was in there cleaning. So she knew who I was cause every week. And so one day she was in an extra good mood, Johnny. And I thought, oh man, this is my chance. I gotta, I'm going to do it. And I just took up every bit of courage I had cause this is June Martino and I'm approaching her and I'm a snot nosed 16 year old. And I, and I said, uh, June, uh, can I ask you a question? And she goes, well, sure. You know, I knew who I was and she sort of looked at me to the side and uh, I said, uh, could you tell me about it? And she said, about what? And I said, McDonald's, how it all happened. I'm not kidding. Johnny, she put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen, and the entire day told me the entire story from beginning to end. And she told me about the time, and it's actually referenced the movie with Michael Keaton, very much Hollywoodized, and you know, you know, you know. It, so there were events, and it is based on certain events that did happen, but you know, a lot of it was just made up that in the movie. Yeah. Here I am. I'm hearing it from the person, you know, the, the lady that was there. Right. And uh, she told me about and, and they reference it in the movie of a time where Michael Keaton, you know, as the founder is Ray Kroc, realizes they're running out of money because he doesn't have enough percentage coming in off the franchises. Right. And he has to call the brothers. Uh, that's a true story. That part did happen. And she said Ray couldn't afford to pay me. So we made a deal that he would take my bill collector phone calls, keep the donors away from me. And in exchange, he would pay me in company stock in a worthless company because wow. it was worthless. It wasn't worth anything. And I thought, so I asked her, I said, June, you know, I'm a janitor. You know, I, I mean, I get paid on Friday and if I don't get my check on Friday, I'm not showing Saturday. I'm not going to be there. I need that check on paycheck to paycheck. Why did you do it? And I could tell Johnny, I asked her a question. Here's this little 16 year old. I had just asked her a question. No one had ever asked her before. And there was this vacant look as she stared at me and I could tell she left mentally. She was gone because I had asked her a question to make her dig deep and didn't realize even what I'd done. And the answer she gave made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Not only what she said, but the way she said it, when I asked her, why did you do it? You know, why did you work for this company getting worthless stock and not making money, not getting paid? Her answer to that question was, 
because I believed in Ray. And I thought, and my first instant thought, Johnny, was, I got to find me a Ray Kroc. I've got to find a Ray Kroc that I could believe in, that could mentor me, that could teach me because I'm a burnt out janitor, son. And at 16 years old, I'm already burnt out as a janitor. And my big time of the week is getting free songs in a jukebox, cleaning out bowling alleys at two in the morning. That's my fun, you know? So, so I need to find me a Ray Kroc. And it wasn't two or three months later. I found my Ray Kroc. Wow. And that was the Sam, Sam, uh, Sam Robbins. Yeah. Robbins. Yep, exactly. So it was, you know, in, in the world we live in today, the idea of getting a mentor, finding a mentor, it's, it seems nowadays that you know, you know, people put it as a job title and, and not as something philanthropic they, they do for uh, a young 16-year-old they believe in. But it's still possible. Do you, do you think it's still possible to inspire uh, uh, someone with more experience than, than you to, to be your mentor, to, to be that accountability, to be that advisor? Well, it's one of the things you're doing with your great podcast. Uh, you really are doing that. I mean, you, you really have, you know, I could label your podcast as a mentor podcast. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's not enough people teaching dads how to even be dads today. You know, they, they everyone's role is all goofed up and all blurred and you don't know who's what and doing anything. And it's getting faster and faster. And because it's getting faster and faster, that's working against the, the mentor mentoree relationship yeah. uh, and, and people actually doing that. And that's one of the great things I think your podcast is bringing to people to make it stop, take a look and don't lose sight of the things that are so important when we get caught up with all these fast things of life. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, and that's why we have the F5 focus, fitness, finance, family, and fun is that they're not individual pieces that you can pick and choose from you know if we're going to achieve happiness in our life and some people might say we don't need money to be happy we covered that bit already but i think it's jim Rohn said uh money's not everything but it's right up there with breathing <laughs> 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 uh, you, you know to, to, and my dad says to me you know son whatever's whatever's going on make sure you're having fun and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's an attitude as well. And that's, that's a way of being, but people do get lost in, in all this right now, working so hard to create happiness, failing to realize that their wife is falling out of love with them and the kids don't even know them. You know, that's, that's not happiness. Way too uh, much today. Way too much today. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but the idea that we can have it all, I get really frustrated when people say, well, that's ridiculous. You can't have it all. Um, because I think that's just as much an, an attitude. And I, you used the word vibration earlier on in the show, um, saying like, well, if you, if you keep thinking that, well, then you're blooming well going to create that. Um, we actually become our own self-fulfilling prophecies, yeah. <laughs> you know, because of those things, like you just said, you know, they, uh, and when, when people talk about, uh, you know, failure, you know, I've had a failure in life. And, and, and my business mentor said one of the first things when he heard me use that word, he said, relabel that word. Give it a new definition, he said, because failures, there's an eternal feeling with it. He says, temporary, temporary defeat. He said, make it temporary, then build on it. And he gave me the following phrase, which I'll never forget. He said, every adversity, every adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So if we want those seeds, don't be afraid. 
afraid of the temporary defeats because those temporary defeats bring those seeds with them. And those are the, the things we build on. Yeah, so true. Oh, I wouldn't be where I am today doing what I'm doing if I hadn't been through two businesses that have had moments of success but ultimately failed, a marriage that started amazingly but ended up in pain and heartbreak, um, even fitness, you know. You work hard and then you get injured, you know. What does that mean? You're never going to run again. Um, you might just learn that you need to stretch properly at the, at the end of it. Um, and I know from the dads in, in, in the community and dads I've coached, people you know, we work with, this idea of, oh, I, I want to start something, but I'm so worried it's going to fail. I feel that as well. I'm not here as some Jedi guru who, who doesn't have those, those feelings. But we have to push through them. We absolutely have to push through them. And as someone who's founded and run a, a multitude of, of successful businesses, how do you keep going? How, you, know, what's, you had to learn this, right? You had to learn that, that, that failures are just a stepping stone to, to success. But that you had to learn that along the way. So what were some of the breakthroughs that you had in overcoming, in inverted commas, failure? Well, um, I can share with you my first defeat, if you want, uh, you know, which was, uh, you know, certainly seismic. And, and at the when I share this little, in, this little clip with you, uh, informationally, I'm going to ask you, what are the odds of this happening? Because I, I know you're going to be astonished because I was as it was happening. Years ago, they had a thing on the desk when, uh, you know, before voicemail was digitized. I had a, and you might have had one too, I don't know, but I, it was a machine that sat on the desk and on the left side was a little cassette tape and that was your, my outgoing message. And on the right side was another little cassette tape and that was for all my incoming messages. And when I left home, I would turn the thing on and when I came home, if there was messages, the red light would be bleeping and then I would play back my messages, right? A voice recorder, basically. It was an actual machine. It wasn't a classic, the classic answer phone. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Exactly. And. I owned, while being mentored, separate from that, I owned a training company uh, in the greater Chicagoland area and had a partner, 50% partners, and the company was doing very well. We were doing trainings for other uh, companies, other firms, and I left home for about an hour and a half. I came home, and my 60 minutes of messages was used up. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, you know, because my machine was voice actuated. So that means as long as someone's talking, it'll keep recording. So mm-hmm. thought, oh, some kids got a hold of it, you know, because the kids did that sometimes and, and they were just playing and left messages. Wow. Was I in for an awakening? The gentleman that called when I had left home was my 50 percent business partner in his training company. Right? And this was my business mentor. I was being mentored separately. And he was leaving a message. And back then, Johnny, when someone was calling you while you were talking with someone else on the phone, you'd hear this little tone in the background. It went beep, beep, and let you know someone's calling you, even though you're talking to someone else on the phone. Oh, like a call waiting, call waiting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. If you had call waiting, call conferencing, some of that. So I could hear when he was leaving me the message, the tone in the background that someone was calling him while he was leaving me this message on my voice machine. Well, when he answered the phone, he hit his receiver so fast and said, hello, he put my machine on recording with him and this other person <laughs> and recorded the whole conversation. That Wait, wait, wait. That's, that's only part of it. Oh, good. I the know. conversation for 60 minutes. 
and the what was weird was the conversation was almost exactly sixty minutes. The the how much room I had on the tape. They they talked about step by step what they were going to do to take me out of the picture and systemically take over the company. Wow. I have to tell you, it's something else. Johnny, when you, when you hear it in their own words, it adds a new dimension than hearing a third party. I'm hearing their words as they're talking. So, and, and I, man, you want to talk about an emotional roller coaster. I thought, oh man, this is just, you know, this is craziness. I I mean, I was so blindsided. There was nothing that told me this was happening or going to happen. And so it was full, full blown, hit me from the side. I thought, man, what am I going to do? And I listened to it again. And I thought, man, I just, because the first thing was just disbelief. I, how could I even be hearing this? I'm hearing his own words, Johnny. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so there's no deniability or anything. And and now, so I thought, oh, I've got, well, I've got to listen. What did my mentor teach me? Now, one of the things he taught me was don't allow my, my emotions to rule my intellect. Right. I I, I should have emotions. That is gold. Not just the business relationships, parenting. Oh, that is, that is gold, sir. Say it yeah. again, please. Don't allow my, in, my emotions to rule my intellect. Yes. Um, be, because the, because when we're, our intellect is controlling our emotions, we're in responsive mode. Yeah. When our emotions are controlling our intellect, we're in reactionary mode and we want to be responding, not reacting. Uh, so I thought, all right, so I'm thinking about my business mentor told me, and I thought, you know what, clearly this guy's not going to be my partner. I mean, he's already out the door and he's, you know, I don't even want to be in business with him. So after a sleepless night, I said, uh, I, I met him the next day and I said, Jim, you have to buy me out. I said, I, I we've got seven days. I'm going to do something. My business mentor, we need to reach an agreement. I'm leaving. You need to buy me out, which immediately ruined all of his plans. That was, I mean, that just stopped it all. And it was true. I did want to do something with my business partner. So it was accurate. And uh, I just didn't expect right at that very moment. And I did get a couple of payments on the deal. And I thought each payment was a gift when I got it. You know, I really didn't expect it because I already knew what kind of person he was. And do you know, I never, ever, ever told him the recording happened. I never told him. He, he, and and, uh, and uh, about a year later, maybe a little bit more, I saw him at an amusement park and I knew it was him. I mean, I, I knew who he was and he didn't see me, but because there was a little bit of distance, but I, I was clear it was him. And I'd already heard that in one year's time, Johnny, he had filed for personal bankruptcy, bankrupted the company, had gotten divorced. And when I was looking at him, he looked like he had aged 20 years. And yet in that next year, my income doubled. And I can share with you something that's, having to do with takers takers carry with them their seeds of their own destruction we call them the three d's of takers defeatism disruption and destruction and when you have a taker in your life you are about ready to become an unwilling accident and unwilling participant and collateral damage in those three D's, if we don't discern. So I thought, Johnny, man, I got, how am I going to stop? I don't want to be in this situation again. What was I missing? I was missing something. You know what, 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 what were the things I should have been looking for that I didn't notice? And that brought about the writing of the first book called the giver's mindset. There's actually three books. It's called give to be great is the whole series. Give to be great. First book, giver's mindset. Second book, giver's lifestyle. Third book, giver's lifelong learning. First book, 
each, each, each book ended up being written because of a major defeat in my life. And I, the book helped me learn <laughs> and how, cause I didn't have it again. And a couple of those do in that book is the 25 do's that we're going to share with your listeners absolutely free. When they do the quiz, they're going to get that download and they're going to get actually in checklist form. So it's going to be highly usable, but just to give you a couple of those little as a nugget, couple nuggets for your listeners yeah. and for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, no, no, this is important because uh, the the test is really great because it's practical. Like I do want people to anyone who's been listening, uh, thank you. If you, you know you're watching uh, forty minutes in, um, there is practical stuff here. This is a nice conversation with me and EA, but this is practical, actionable um, information because the idea of how do you get success, how do you create success, it's as much about how you're being as what you're doing. And these things that EA is sharing with us are, 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 are exactly that. It's, it's, it's how we're being in our business and in our relationship that makes the difference. Yeah. And, and when we reach it, thank you for saying that. And when, when we reach the point when we are no longer able to say, how do I do that? Because the answer is self-evident. We're at the point. We're at the actionable thing. Because up until then, with so many things we hear today and everyone's teaching self-improvement. And I mentioned, you know, I, I love it. I love self-improvement hour a day. And, I'm, and I know you do too, Johnny. And, and, and I'm sure many of your listeners do. But we need to learn and teach our children also how to discern so that later on in their life, they don't become that unwilling collateral damage because yeah. they had a taker in their life. They didn't know what to look for. So here's a couple of those nuggets of the 25 do's uh, that they'll get. Um, one of the things that you can see with a taker, they are not willing to delay gratification to increase their returns. They're always now, 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 now. Pay me up front. You need to pay me before I go to work. I need to have everything now and I need it up front. And they're not able to delay their gratification in order to increase their returns. Think about the June Martino story. See, she was a classic giver. Why? Yeah. She delayed her gratification, get, not getting paid, right? And got paid in a worthless stock. But then she was worth more zeros than I had fingers and toes <laughs> because she got increasing returns. Uh, another one is oh, that- sorry, one, one second. Yeah. She, there's, there's an important piece in there, I think, though, as well, that she didn't just make that decision on the fly, someone she didn't know, someone she didn't have faith in. There was, there was a level of appreciation. There was a level of, you said it before about, uh, don't let the irrational thoughts, um, what was it? Don't let the irrational thoughts affect, don't let the emotional thoughts dictate your actions. Yes. Yeah, uh, don't let your emotion, uh, it, it literally control your thought process or your intellect. So she did make that decision. Yeah. But it was deliberate. Based on what she knew of Ray, what she'd seen of him in action. She, she didn't like go at it at a whim, like, Oh, I'm desperate for money. I'll choose. She, she was like a calculated decision for her, still a risk, but it was, it was, there was a level of emotion, uh, emotional intelligence there where she, she knew the, she, she felt that she knew the man and it, it was a worthwhile, um, a worthwhile risk to take. Exactly. And so one of the things then is, you know, delay, be willing to delay gratification to increase returns. When you see someone who's not willing to delay their gratification, now you're going to start discerning. I'm seeing what they're doing here. Another one is that on the list of the 25, be willing to do the thing to get the thing. Now you think, what does that mean? Be willing to do the thing to get the thing. Well, the rest of the statement that we teach in the book is be willing to do the thing to get the thing 
or don't be willing to do the thing and get something else. That's the whole statement. So a giver is willing to do what is necessary. They're willing to, and it's not about paying the price. I've been told to pay, you got to pay the price. No, you don't have to. You can enjoy the price. When you have the right mindset, you can enjoy the price. You don't have to pay it. Everything in life has a cost associated with it. Everything does. There's nothing that doesn't. There's no exceptions to that. And everything we, every thought we think has a cost, has a result. Every action we do has a result and there's no exceptions. So a giver is willing to do the thing to get the thing. And a, by contrast, a taker is not. They're not willing to do what is needed. Yet they say, I wish, I wish, I wish. And they play the victim card. I never got this. And and, and actually, it's not that way. A, a giver doesn't play the victim card. So those are just even two of the morsels that are on the 25 checklist. Yeah, yeah. And I guess a statement like or a question like what's in it for me, that will tell you straight away. That, that, that's the second point you just brought there. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and with that, we also right on your point, uh, Johnny, right on your point. When, when a person says, well, it's just business, I start running from them right then. <laughs> because what they actually just said to me was, I don't care what I have to do to take advantage of you. Yeah. That's what they just said. And, and, uh, and that leads me to another point, if I, can, if I may make it. And that is as follows. When you're a giver, people may take advantage of you but you are never diminished. People may take advantage of you. It's going to happen, but you're never diminished because they did. You'll get back what you gave, maybe from another person, maybe from another circumstance or another event in your life, totally unrelated to the person that took advantage of you. So when you're a giver, people will take advantage of you, expect it, but you are never diminished because they did. Yeah. That's like being true to your values. I, I, I believe this and I talk about this. It's being true to your values and trusting that honoring those values will continue to attract people who share those same values towards you. So rather than falling on your sword and, and decide, no, okay, well, I've been treated bad. I'm going to start to treat people bad. I can see what you just said there is accept it, clean it up, the way that you feel is, is, is right and appropriate, but then move on expecting good opportunities to come from that mess rather than it's the end of the world. Nothing's nothing good's ever going to happen again. Um, which I guess is going back to the, the point earlier about when we fail, it's not a failure. It's just an opportunity. Uh, you know, it's just the next opportunity coming our way. Exactly right. And, um, and if I can share my second major defeat with you i'd love to uh i mean so here i am 1989 (laughs) 1989 the thing is you someone says that date right i'm 47 now right so someone says that date in my mind it's kind of like oh yeah i remember that and then oh now oh my gosh that was 20 (laughs) (laughs) you know what gets me johnny is is i hear on the radio and i say we hope that you liked our uh visit with the classics on the radio here and i'm going i knew all the words of that song (laughs) that's not an old (laughs) when when did i become a classic That's not okay. Yeah, that's it. Cool. I know. Uh, so that's five years so, ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So I was thirty-three years old, nineteen eighty-nine, yeah. and that was. The, and what I'm about ready to say, Johnny, is not to be braggadocious to any of your listeners, but to simply edify how fast 
things can come into our life and also how fast they can leave yeah. and that those things should not define us. So here I am, 1989, 33 years old. That's the first year in my life that after I paid personal income taxes, I had a million dollars left over in my pocket. That means, I mean, I mean, that's personal income, not business. Personal yeah. income at the end of the year, I paid my tax and still had a million dollars in cash left, right? Net so 33 income. years old. Net income. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, net income. And, uh, and, and, and with that, I had two corporate aircraft. I became a commercial pilot because I wanted to fly myself. And uh, I, had a, I had a limo, my own limousine that I owned, a full-time valet that drove me around. And I'm 33 years old. I'm a snot-nosed kid, and I'm thinking I'm King Midas. You know, this is going to live forever. Everything I touch is going to turn to gold. Man, it could never get better than this, and it's going to go on forever. The president of that company was paying him a million dollars a year. His company car, we bought him as a company car, a Silver Spur Rolls-Royce. That was his company car. And I, then I learned something, Johnny. One word. The word I learned is called greed. Whew, boy, did that one hit. As president of this company, Bob, a million dollars wasn't enough. Beside the fact that my mentor and I started this business, and it was just the two of us, literally just the two of us in the beginning. Yeah. And we built the whole thing 20 offices, 20 countries. I mean, this was no small operation. And it should, he feels in his own mind because everyone, you know, they justify the things they do. And, and so because of that justification, I thought, well, this should be mine. And a million isn't enough. I could be making 10 million. And by the way, a million back in 1989 is over 2 million today. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well over 2 million. All right. And, uh, so, and, you know, I could have, and he's thinking to himself that he could have a fleet of Rolls Royces, not this. So he systemically, and because he was the president of the company, he was able to hide many, many things covertly and ultimately destroyed the company and me as collateral damage and, and just did awful, awful. Th in an attempt to take over the company, it actually just destroyed because takers carry with them the seed of their own destruction. They always do. Not five, ten or half a percent or once in a while. A hundred percent of the time they carry with them the seed of their own destruction. That's one of the three D's, the last one. So all those things. The planes, the limo, gone. They were gone. Wow. And I thought, man, how did, you know, how did this happen? And I just scratching my head thinking, what did I miss? You know, and, and then that's what caused me to write the second book, which is called The Giver's Lifestyle. And from that developed the 30 habits. What are the 30 habits that a giver does over and over again? that we should be observing and seeing when they do it. And what are the 30 habits of takers? So in that book, we actually talk about the 60 habits. There's actually you know, 30 and 30. And, and also there's another checklist that uh, goes through. These are the things, when you see these specific things, when you see them doing it over and over again, these are the things that we should be watching. One of the things I'll give, I'd, I'd love to share with your listeners a couple of those little nuggets, a couple of those little habits. The one thing that, the one habit that they have, Every time a taker, one of the taker 30 habits, every time they're part of a group, they drain the group of the energy. You can tell they're the kind of person, Johnny, that brightens up a room when they leave it. 
<laughs> so, you know, they, and, 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 and when you talk, the, I bet your listeners right now can think of someone that when they talk to them, when they talk to them, yeah, when they talk to them, they go, oh my God, what are we just talking about? And I don't even remember what it was, but all I know is I, I feel like I'm a sucked out orange. There's nothing left. I just like, there's no juice left in me. I'm there. They just drained me. And that's what, and they'll do it over and over again. That's what it, then that's one of the signs of a 30 habits of takers is that they eliminate or lower the rate of vibration of a person or a group. And you'll feel it all the time. By contrast, a giver does the opposite. They're the battery you can hook up to. And when you hook your battery up to theirs, you feel the charge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the two things there for me, habits, I, I love habits. I, uh, I'm, I've worked on my habits and routines over the last five years. And when we get a real handle on our habits, we start to master our life in a way that, that we hadn't believed possible before. And you're sharing there a new dimension of when we start to master our habits, we really start to create our environment in a much more positive way. This is like a different, like an extra level of habit that some people might not have considered there is, is, um, is uh, our habits attract like-minded people in, and that gives us our, our experience of life. Um, habits are so either so powerful or so destructive. And we go through, and in, in, in the second book, and also at Givers University, we have online courses. We have a fifteen, we have like forty-eight, fifteen-minute courses. You know, lessons, if you will, that people can listen to going from the work. And one of the things we talk about is that um, when we how to develop habits, how how do we develop habits? How do we change those habits? And one of the first parts, Johnny, and you're so right with what you said, is one of the very first aspects is to discern the habit. What's yeah. the thing? What's the thing? What's the 30 things I should be watching for? And when I see people do these things, these deeds, I may want to pull them in closer to me and have them be a part of my giver community. And yeah. when I see these other 30 things on a consistent basis, habit over and over again, I may want to begin respectfully distancing myself from these 30 habits. Another thing on those 30 lists, another, another nugget for your listeners, if you will. A quick way to, a quick reference is you will see takers very quickly make their word and keep it for short durations and change it fast. In other words, a giver will treat their words. When they give you a commitment, a giver will treat their word as though it's an oath. They will treat it as a full commitment. It's their bond. It's a vow. By contrast, a taker will say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will change their word very, very quickly to the point that you can no longer count on what they say. And when you see them doing it over and over again, that when you see that part, you see them over and over again. You look on your checklist and say, uh-huh. yep, they change their word quickly. They, they give their word. They say, oh, yeah, yeah. But then it's almost like just to get a yes and leave. And then they change their word, never planning on living up to it anyway. Here's the difference. Takers can be counted. Givers can be counted on. Yeah. Okay. Big difference. I mean, that's lots of words, right? Because that, that's, that's when we are thinking about the people in my life who I know I can count on and, yeah. and they stand out there. They're, they're, 
the level of love and trust and faith uh, and, and equally our commitment back to them is, is, is so much greater. And so I guess we can all ask ourselves, how do, how do people look at you? Are they looking at you as a giver or a taker? Um, and I guess to answer that, you have to know, look in the mirror, first of all, and say, how, how do you relate to yourself? Your boy, what a great point. We and, and also we mentioned in these same checklists, we say the, the first thing is these are great for a self-assessment. You know, uh, am, am I doing these 25 do's? You know, am, am I doing these 30 habits? And here's another thing that's great. Someone can be in temporary taker mode. I have been, right? I know exactly yeah. what that is. So we teach them how to do what's called a data reset, D-A-T-A declare and turn around and we teach them how to do that data reset so that they can get back into full-blown givers mode even though they're wired as a giver but now for some reason whatever that reason is they have found themselves into being temporary taker mode so they can get back into givers mode and we teach them how to do that and all this begins with that simple seven question quiz i mean we we love to be able to invest in people and it's real simple johnny givers gain Takers lose. That's the way it works. Givers gain, takers lose. And we, and when like anyone who's listened, you know, we're coming up on the hour now and we're going to be wrapping up in a second. But to those people that have joined us all the way till the end, when you just take that final statement, givers win, takers lose, you can like reprocess this whole last hour and, 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 and look at the people in your life, look at the actions you've taken, look at the businesses you're involved. And when you're thinking, why do things always go wrong? Why aren't things working out, out for me? Um, that doesn't mean that you're, you're a taker. You, it could be worthwhile working out if you are. But, um, yeah, I'm really present to something you said right at the top of the, the hour about allowing too many takers into our life. So now, uh, now we've got a, a, a giver who is genuinely able and capable and deserving of success. And it's not that they're failing it's just that they've allowed too many takers into their world. And didn't know how to discern up front. They didn't know. No one's teaching. What do I yeah. look for? And these things will impact every part of our life. You could, you could, it's tragic, right? But you could have a taker who's a business partner, a taker who's a wife and a couple of close people, people who you consider your close circle of friends. If you, if you, because of uh, an emotional trauma or some sort of scar from your, 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 you know, your early life, you inadvertently attracting takers into your world, you know, you've got some sort of victim mentality, then, then your whole experience of life is, is being tainted, not because you're no good, but just simply because who's, who you're letting in. And, and you, you brought up a great point because you said the, you know, the question where a person says, how come this keeps happening to me? Or, you know, how do I, you know, why, why do I always have these people in my life? They're right there. The question is part of the challenge. They're asking the wrong question. You see, our lives are become self-fulfilling prophecies. They, we, each one of our lives are. And so when yeah. we ask the wrong question, we get the wrong answer. So what happens when someone says, why do I keep having takers in my life? Our life now begins to answer the question and keeps delivering more takers when we yeah. should be asking a new question. And a new question could be, you know what? Why does everything work out for me? Why am I so happy every day? Isn't this great? Now, the answer that, what isn't that a great answer to have? Why am I so happy every day? So when we begin to ask the right questions, we begin to get the right answers. 
The answers are always there. The questions are wrong. So when we ask the right question, we get the right answer and the self-fulfilling prophecy in our life. And guess what? We then learn that it's not about being rich and then happily and living happily ever after. It's about being happy and wealth and rich is a part of our wealth. And that happiness is a great part of our wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a beautiful way to, to wrap this up. You know, people's, people's internal dialogue is so powerful. Um, and when we don't control it, people, people will happily say, oh, things are always going wrong for me and believe that's the case. But then if you said to that person, well, why don't you presume that all good things are always going to happen to you? And they'll go, well, as if that's true. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> they will fundamentally believe the other they'll think they're absurd even though there's only yeah. really one or two words different in the, in the in both statements it's hilarious we do a whole section on self-talk just because of what you said what are the things we say what are the labels we put on things and what are those conversations and the thousands thousands of self-talk we have with ourselves every day yeah. not every week we literally talk to ourselves in our own mind and label every circumstance, event, person, every every day, thousands of these self-talks. And when we can discern these self-talks and say, you know, and, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. It's when we say, huh, that's when you got a problem. <laughs> when, you, when you go, what did I just say to myself? You know, <laughs> but, but we teach just that thing, the importance of self-talk. So I, you know, Johnny, I have to say, you, what a great mentoring show you have for dads families um and i love your 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 five f's f's and how important those are in people's life and uh, i i hope people listen to this podcast and they share it with others so that others allow you into their lives as a mentor with them because i think your podcast is great johnny thank you so much for having me on it oh that's brilliant yeah it's just it's just one part of the team super dad community and the hero uh, academy framework um and we've got a whole coaching area inside of the hero academy so we can we can talk ea about uh, different ways you can i mean people can come to you and, and and do all the stuff you've got got available we're totally you know we're not trying to stop people doing that you know give us university.info that you can go and take ea seven question test i'll put that back up now um, um but equally we'll have a we'll have a chat after this and, and work out a way maybe of of doing a a, a half day workshop or something inside of team super dad um oh, i'd love to work out a good price for people and, and, and things like yeah. that. Um, Team Superdad uh, members, uh, friends, family, if you've got questions, you know, put them in the comments. Uh, come over to the Team Superdad group. That's teamsuperdad.com forward slash network. Um, you, know, you can come in there and you know, ask the questions. That's the whole point of the community. And, um, and really just take this conversation on. Don't let this conversation end here. Um, oh, I'll tell you one thing. I did just hear from what you, you said there. Um, you said, ask yourself. And that is so brilliant. Someone who thinks that they're a little bit of a negative person, anytime they're having a negative thought to catch themselves and go, oh, what's a positive version of that thought? Or, or that's, a, that's, that's that self-speak you were just talking about. Reframe it and relabel it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's Friday I hear. Um, I yeah. wish you a lovely weekend. Uh, the sun is shining. Spring is, is, is upon us. Uh, if, if you're listening live, that's certainly where we're at. Um, and I wish you sir, all the very best and, and, and your family and, and everything you're up to. Uh, wonderful continued success. Thank you, Johnny. And uh, thank you for having me on your show. And uh, to your listeners, I, I pray that they share your show with others uh, because you're, you're, 
you know, just the, the part of being a dad today is so important. And, you know, the way families have become so disseparated and disheveled and, and, and for you to be able to, to really step up, which is what givers do and say, I'm going to do something about this. I want to bring information and help this with people. It, it's a wonderful thing. So thank you very much. And thanks for having me on the show. And I would submit to you and to your listeners, have your best, your best day ever. Awesome. Cheers, EJ. See you on the other side. Bye. Thank you. What an epic chat. That was fabulous. I I mean, (laughs) I've got to be honest, there are some podcast episodes that have never made it live. And that's because they just weren't quite as fun as I wanted them to be. But this was a great session. EA is a top bloke and I loved the fact that he's from Chicago so I felt really at home with that Chicago accent and all my family and friends out in Chicago and listeners obviously if you're listening in Chicago then it'd be great to connect with you I hope you go and sign up for uh, the giversuniversity.info stuff I mean say sign up for it it's actually just a value add you're going to get free stuff from them and we spoke after the recording and we are going to be doing some mentoring free sessions some workshops inside of the hero academy over the next couple of months so come on over to uh, teamsuperdad.com forward slash network and get involved there and uh, and you can chat to me about joining the hero academy and taking part in the power code course so that's it give us a review share the podcast and make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss another episode in particular the friday slash weekend sessions where we do the wrap-up Glenn and I or one of the other Team Superdad community members having a laugh, talking dad stuff, taking the piss out of each other and uh, and wrapping up our week, uh, all the good bits and the bad bits. Thanks again. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. This has been Team Superdad. Find us at teamsuperdad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.